All right, we good? We are recording. Recording? Okay. All right, Tark. So we've been talking about doing this for a little bit. Yeah. And I, when we met before, I think I told you that I decided to do this because I wanted to talk to immigrants and refugees and people that grew up in different religions and just general different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting to be able to get outside my own bubble and, and see different worldviews. You cover kind of a, a wide grasp of a lot of that stuff. So why don't you start by telling us the different places that you've lived across the world? Right. I was born in England. I came to the United States when I was about one years old, and I've lived in many different states. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've lived in Saudi Arabia, lived in uh, India. So that's England, U.S., Saudi Arabia, and India. Those are the places I've lived. Okay. And you said several different states throughout the... I mean... Yeah. There's different cultures throughout the U.S. Even, <laughs> right, right. For people that have traveled. So where yeah. have you lived in the U.S.? Well, I've lived in California, um, Michigan, uh, Connecticut, New York. Okay. Those are some of the places yeah. that I've lived, yeah. Yeah, no, those are – that yeah. does kind of cover the uh, yeah. the range of, yeah. of cultures in America too. <laughs> East, uh, West, and Midwest. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then – but also you have uh, some unique uh, insight into some different – world religions. Mm-hmm. What 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 uh, religions are you acquainted with? So I was born and raised as a Muslim, mm-hmm. and my father's side of the family, they're all Muslims mm-hmm. to this day. My mother was um, raised as a Seventh-day Adventist. Okay. And um, currently, I am a Seventh-day Adventist. Okay. Yeah. And that is a denomination of Christian? Absolutely. If I understand it right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, my wife actually wanted to ask you this. How, how do a, a Christian and a Muslim wind up getting married? Good question, because um, especially for Christianity, mm-hmm. since I'm I'm a I'm a Christian, sure. And uh, the Bible says not to be unequally yoked. Okay. So you're not supposed to marry a Muslim, and the Muslim's not supposed to marry a Christian. Mm-hmm. But short answer is, both of my parents at the time were young. Mm-hmm. They were in love with each other. Mm-hmm. They were not practicing their religion from mm-hmm. their families, mm-hmm. and they were just out there having a good time, living life, and um, religion love. wasn't a big thing in their lives. Yeah, love love yeah. doesn't recognize religion. Right. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So um, what you said at the time, they weren't practicing their religions. What, yeah. what then got them reinterested, or, or what drove them back into their religions? And I tell people this, and that's a great question. Um, your your uh, your upbringing always kicks in when kids come into the picture. Mm-hmm. So when my brothers and I were born, I have a twin brother mm-hmm. and have another brother. He's one year older than us. When we came into the picture, then my father automatically his instincts kicked in, saying, "Okay, I'm going to raise my kids as Muslims mm-hmm. because I was raised as a Muslim." Mm-hmm. So um, this is a good pointer for those even thinking about marriage and who they're thinking about being with. Um, you got to make sure you're on the same page mm-hmm. because when kids come into the picture, that's when things change. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, is, this isn't necessarily a cultural question, but why do you think that is? Why is it that maybe we, we're not so concerned about our, you know, our religion or our core principles, our values when it's just us, but then as soon as you have offspring, all of a sudden it's really important for you to instill something in that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Do you, yeah. Do, do you know why? Do you have any insight on that? I don't, but I think I think it has it tells a lot of your upbringing mm-hmm. and how those those things are deeply rooted in you, mm-hmm. and um, 
there you just naturally want to give what you have received mm -hmm. you know it's kind of hard to do something new mm -hmm. unless you go through that new experience mm -hmm. yourself sure um but um i think ultimately in my father's heart he even though he was a young man and he was doing his thing so to speak mm -hmm. in his heart he always believed in allah mm -hmm. in his heart he considered himself a muslim mm -hmm. I talk to a lot of people today, and they would say that they're Christians, mm -hmm. but they may not necessarily go to church a lot, or sure. they may not, you know, be quote unquote practicing mm -hmm. Christianity as they should. Mm -hmm. But they still identify as Christians. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So yeah, when when you bring kids into the picture, then you kind of revert back to what you know. That's right. Simple enough. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So do you remember, uh, was there something that happened when you were young that, that your dad was like, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm raising a Muslim, or, or was it from the time you were born that was your way of life? Ever since I can remember, that was my way of life. Okay. We came into the picture. Um, literally, I was five years old, and my father had me and my brothers lined up. Mm -hmm. and we would have the Arabic alphabet in front of us, and we're rocking back and forth, and we're memorizing the alphabet. And okay. so he was very strict in teaching us how to read Arabic so that we can memorize our prayers in the Quran and mm. be young Muslims. Yeah. I mean, my father, my name is Tarek, but in Arabic they call me Tariq. Okay. My brother's name is Javed. Mm -hmm. And my twin brother, his name is Adam. Mm -hmm. But in Islam, Adam is a prophet. Okay. My sister's name is Aisha and Zaina. So and my father's name is Muhammad. So, so do so, uh, yeah. do, so does your name have uh, a Muslim meaning? Yes. Well, my, what does it mean? My name actually means morning star. Okay. Yeah, the way it's spelled is T-A-A-R-I-Q. So I bring up my name because my father was very serious about his religion, you mm -hmm. know, to name all his kids with Muslim Islamic names. Yeah. You know, so uh, that that instinct, that upbringing kicked in immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, and how, did your mom just kind of go along with this? Did, uh, was she, was her uh, Christian religion not as strong when she was growing up? Or, or you know, why, why was it all aligned with uh, Muslim at the time? You know, I, for me, this is the where the rubber hits the road. Mm -hmm. You know, we can grow up in homes that are Christian, but ultimately we got to meet God for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And for me, this was this was my mother's experience. She grew up in a Christian home, mm -hmm. going to church, mm -hmm. singing mm -hmm. songs, mm -hmm. but to really have a heart one-on-one -on -one with God, she never had that. Oh, okay. So um, her kids, she went along with it mm -hmm. because she wasn't going along with anything else. Mm -hmm. She wasn't with her religion. She wasn't serious about it. Mm -hmm. And come to find out, she really didn't have that deep experience like her mother had, my mm -hmm. grandma had, mm -hmm. you know? And so, um, but she, my mom would get one. She would get an experience. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll get and to that. that's what turned my whole life around, yeah. Okay, yeah, I think we're, we're going to get yeah. more into that uh, later in the story, chronologically. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I do have a question. I, I heard recently, um, I don't know, maybe this is a matter of months or a year ago, that uh, Islam is actually an Abrahamic religion. Yeah. Can you explain that to me? Well, you know, um, Jews, Christians, and Muslims mm -hmm. all look to Abraham, and Abraham is one of the prophets. Mm -hmm. And as far as Islam goes... Um, Ishmael 
is his son. Okay. And it, for Christians, it's Isaac. Mm-hmm. You know, the promised mm-hmm. seed was Isaac, but Ishmael is the one that's highlighted in Islam. Mm-hmm. And so, um, when it's when it's stated that it's an Abrahamic religion, there's that common al- oh, that common ground with mm-hmm. all the three major religions okay. finding its root in Abraham. Okay. Yeah. So it tracks itself historically back to Abraham. Does, to Abraham. does uh, Islam study anything out of the Old Testament or? They do believe in the writings of the Torah and, and the writings of the... Of and explain the, what the Torah is. So the Torah would be the, the books of Moses. Okay. Um, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Okay. So in Islam, they do revere a lot of the prophets. So they believe Jesus is a prophet. David, uh, Moses, um, Abraham, okay. uh, Elijah, John the Baptist... So, uh, so they even f- followed all the way into the New Testament. Yes. So there are there are a lot of because they revere Jesus as a prophet. Really, Jesus is um, a prophet, and they call him Isa. Isa mm-hmm. is the prophet uh, in Islam. Okay. And but for us Christians, Jesus is more than a prophet. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the Son of God. He's God. Yeah. So um, yeah. So there are a lot of similarities there in that sense. Uh, with Islam. So what's all the fighting about between Jews, Christians, Muslims? That's a deep question. <laughs> I mean, yeah. really, I, I just always yeah. thought it was they read two different books, they believe two different things, and, you know, ideology fights back and forth. And it wasn't until recently that I realized, actually, they're all reading at least parts of yeah. a lot of the same information. Here, here's the beautiful thing about Christianity. You're not going to find a religion where God gives up himself mm-hmm. and dies for humanity. Mm-hmm. For the Muslim and the Jew, they don't accept the divinity of Christ. Okay. So those are two major roadblocks. Mm-hmm. Christianity came out of the uh, Jewish uh, mm-hmm. Judaism. Sure. You know, it's the same Bible. The New Testament used mm-hmm. the Old Testament, Paul and mm-hmm. Christ, Jesus. But it's a rejection of Jesus to keep it simple and short, Islam and the Jews reject Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that's the root of the fighting, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, just right to it. You reject the Son of God, um, then you totally are um, against Christianity. And mm-hmm. um, and that's, you know, without going to the history between Jews and Christians for many years, and then Muslims and Christians for many years, um, but, you know, when you read the Quran, it's very clear that Jesus is not the Son of God. In fact, the prophet Muhammad takes the place of Christ in, in the minds of Muslims. He is the most revered prophet. He's mm-hmm. the greatest messenger of Allah, you mm-hmm. know? He's mm-hmm. the greatest. Mm-hmm. So in many aspects, Muhammad replaces Christ okay. in Islam. So okay. it's, it's a very deep... Uh, deep-rooted thing there. Yeah. So, and I guess before we get too deep into this, maybe yeah. we should tell people some of your credentials, because you're not, I mean, yeah, you grew up with right. these two different worldviews, but yeah. you've actually been to some more uh, religious training? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually um, have my bachelor's in theology. I went to Pacific Union College in California, mm-hmm. in Napa Valley, and then I went to a seminary at Andrews University in Bering Springs, Michigan. Okay. Yeah, and I got my master's in in divinity divinity there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. So you're, yeah, you're not uh, just spouting your opinions. You have some no, yeah, some pretty yeah. solid training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On this. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, 
you mentioned that um, for for Muslims, Muhammad kind of takes that that place of Christ. Do they, do right. they believe is he um, is he is he just a prophet, or is he more than is he their their way to to salvation? What, what is he to to Islam? No, you, you talk to a Muslim. They'll tell you he's he's their prophet. Okay. They would not tell you that he's their god or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But from my vantage point, my personal experience and the way I see things, he definitely is revered, mm -hmm. and he is um, how, in my opinion, he takes the place of Christ, mm -hmm. and and how much he is revered, and not just what he has written, but even his very lifestyle. Mm -hmm how the prophet dressed and ate and how he carried himself. Mm -hmm. um, those types of things are uh, how he grew his beard and mm -hmm. all these things. Um, all those things are looked upon as what a, what a Muslim should follow. Uh, okay. That's the goal you got to reach. So as Christians, we want to be like Jesus. Mm -hmm. We want to follow Christ. That's okay. what a Christian is, a follower mm -hmm. of Christ. Mm -hmm. But in Islam, it's very much so, let's be a follower of the prophet Muhammad. Okay, yeah. so yeah, he's not just a prophet, but he's the the prophet that they should model their life. Model, after. that's the word I'm looking for. Right, right, yeah. Okay, and I've and I've seen that, you know, just from my personal experience, from what I've heard, what I've seen, what I've read. Mm -hmm. um, it's very much um, uh, the prophet Muhammad is very much a substitute mm -hmm. for Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and all of, are all of his teachings found in the Quran? The Quran, and so in Islam, they have uh, writings called the Hadith. And these are the companions of the prophet who accompanied him, and they would write certain things of his life, okay. kind of what I was alluding to, his lifestyle, and they would write. Um, so the so the, Christians would think in terms of these are his disciples, right? Okay, right, 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 and they would write basically about his lifestyle, um, the things that he did, some of other sayings that he uh, has said. Uh, and I've read some of them that talk about some of the prophecies. I'm into eschatology or end time kind of things. Mm. And so some of the end time kind of things that Islam talks about, um, uh, the sayings of the prophets, the life of the prophets, of the prophet, uh, these would be the hadiths. And, uh, but the Quran is, is the sacred textbook of Islam, and it's basically the angel Gabriel was speaking to the prophet Muhammad and in the cave, and mm. he was writing down what the angel was telling him mm. to write down. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's similarity there with Christianity, too, because you got the angel Gabriel mm. involved, and that's very much—that's an angel that's uh, in the Bible. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So a lot of correlation there, a lot of overlap. Right, right. Okay. Right. And you said from your, your earliest memories, you remember— um, you know, rocking back and forth, learning the alphabet. Uh, so I'm assuming, uh, is it mosque that you, you attended growing up? Yeah, I did. I did. I went and this to the was, mosque. And where were you at at this time? I was in Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. So I was, I was really young. So I learned how to read Arabic. I don't know how to read Arabic now anymore. Mm -hmm. um, I've memorized uh, one, one surah or one prayer that I still remember from a kid. Mm -hmm. And um, But yeah, I grew up in Connecticut, and my father... He taught us uh, how to read. We went to the mosque, and we call it the masjid, too. Okay. And so we grew up there, mm -hmm. you know, just a young kid. Uh, my father was always there, so mm -hmm. we grew up there. And it was it was a fun life, you know, mm -hmm. growing up. And uh, the the brothers at the mosque really they treated us nice. It was it was a great community to be in. Mm -hmm. And um, 
but that was my life. That's 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 what I knew. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's uh, tell me something that was really impression you know left an impression on you, or or maybe the best lesson you learned from growing up that in that time in the in the mosque. You know, in retrospect, as I as I look back, um, I do appreciate the togetherness, the support, the community. Mm. But I would say the most thing, and maybe this is just not really related to Islam, but just my father, just mm-hmm. having my father in my life. Mm. Because those were years that I had my father in my life. Mm-hmm. And when my parents divorced, I didn't have my father in my life for mm-hmm. many, many years, mm-hmm. uh, for pretty much all my life. Mm-hmm. So those memories hold a sweet spot in my heart because my dad was there, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but you mentioned the the closeness, the the gatherings. The it sounds like a, a real sense of community. Is that, absolutely yeah. Is that uh, something that's very common across uh, uh, Islam? Yeah, from from my experience, and always with my father, I've been to the masjid in Saudi, mm-hmm. in England. Mm-hmm. There's always been a sense of community and brotherhood mm-hmm. and support and love and fellowship mm-hmm. that I really appreciated uh, with my Muslim brothers and sisters, and and that okay. That experience of mine was always it was it was good. Yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah. So uh, this is my third episode. I've done two others, and both times, first question I ask was, "Hey, what you know? What do you miss most about your your uh, native country?" And both of them said the food. Yeah. Now, so yeah. were these were these gatherings? Were these uh, yeah. communities? This getting together, this brotherhood was it? Was it often around gathering around the table around food? Or was that not the the culture? Oh yeah. See, my father is Indian. Okay. Okay. So um, his side of the family, good Indian cooking, and we grew up sitting around on the floor. We didn't sit on the table. We sat on the floor. Oh, okay. And big platters of chicken and rice, or uh-huh. some lamb, or some samosas, mm-hmm. and and we don't use forks and spoons and knives. Everybody uses their hands. And we eat with our hands. We have really? roti. We break bread together. So it's that's how I grew up eating. Uh-huh. But not until my parents separated, then you know, I don't eat like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> do you miss it? I do. I do. Yeah. And there, there are times when I, you know, I visit my father, and you know, certain types of foods, Indian foods, I still use my fingers. Really? And hands. Yeah. Yeah. It's certain foods like with roti and stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't eat it any other way except. My fingers. Yeah, you gotta get that sauce on the plate. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so I had Indian food for the first time. Uh, I don't know, maybe a month ago. I had never had it. Went to a place here in town. Um, I had some friends that you know they've tried several places, and they said this is one of the really good ones. And I loved it, man. That's good. Uh, yeah, I, good. I loved it. A lot of lot of rice. I had uh, it was like a butter chicken curry or something like that with uh, maybe some garlic naan or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. I love, yeah. I love that. It's yeah. delicious. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize you were Indian. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my father's Indian. My mother's Jamaican. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. And then, uh, so when is, it, when is it that you went to Saudi? How old were you when you went to Saudi? So I was, um, I want to say I was eight years old. Okay. And what, what led up to that? Yeah. My mom became a Christian. Okay, let's yeah. hear that story. So, we were in um, in Hartford, Connecticut, and it was at this time that my mom was watching how we were being raised, mm-hmm. and it it struck her kind of hard because she remembered her upbringing mm-hmm. and how she grew up, and my father was very strict in teaching us Islam. Mm-hmm. 
he would have his sandal or slipper out there and he would like spank us if we got the word wrong and mm. so he's very strict and she didn't like that mm -hmm. and um she had a co-worker at her job who was a seventh-day adventist and she found an old book of hers called steps to christ mm -hmm. she read and that your book. mom grew up seventh-day adventist she grew up seventh-day adventist okay so basically she found this book in her garage she was looking for something she found this book mm -hmm. And she read this book called Steps to Christ. Mm -hmm. And when she read it, it just melted her heart, and she fell in love with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And all her upbringing and all that started to come back. Mm -hmm. But now it was different. She had a co-worker who was a Seventh-day Adventist. Okay. And this older lady began to mentor her and, and help her mm -hmm. and guide her on the path as she was having this heart change. Okay. And so she went through this conversion experience. Mm -hmm. Now, as a young mom with three boys and then two girls, mm -hmm. and she ended up making the decision that she wanted to get baptized in the Seventh-day Adventist Church in Hartford, Connecticut. Okay. When she made that decision, my father was really upset about that, and he threatened her life. Um, he, he showed her a knife and threatened her life Whoa. and says, if you get baptized, I'm going to run this knife through you. And my mom, um, that next morning on Saturday, we go to church on Saturday. Um, Seventh-day Adventist. Seventh-day Adventist. She got us all dressed. I was about mm -hmm. eight years old. And my father walked out of the house, just really quiet like a little lamb. He left mm -hmm. after he made the threat the previous day. And she went to church. She got baptized, and we all watched her get baptized. Ever since that moment, everything changed. My the dynamics in my house were different, and so my f mother started to teach us about God, Christ, the Bible. Uh -huh. When my father would go to work, and then he would come back, take us to the mosque, and now you got this holy war going on in the house. Mm -hmm. You got Islam and Christianity, this fight going on, and so my father, um, this was really a spiritual battle, and my father was losing control. Um, as far as influence and religion-wise. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, my mom was very excited about Christ. Yeah. And, you know, when you're excited about something, you want to tell the ones you love yeah, yeah, yeah. first yeah. about what you're excited about. Well, and what was your, um, you know, from your perspective, you're getting to kind of have a foot in both worlds here. What right. was, that, was that a positive thing for you? Did you enjoy that? I mean, it sounds like there was some really strong tension that I'm sure right. you didn't like, but did you like having access to both worldviews? You know, um, as a young kid, it was hard for me to decipher what was going on. Okay. Um, at that stage, I just remember being excited for my mom because she was excited, oh, you know, okay. to find Christ and have this yep. new religion. Mm -hmm. um, that tension would build. Yeah. And it would eventually cause my family to separate. Mm -hmm. you and know? did you understand what was going on with your mom or... Did you just see her happy and excited? I saw her happy. I was just a young kid at the time. Okay. I don't think I really truly understood mm -hmm. until later. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then and that led to, you know, you said there's a spiritual battle going on. What did that yeah. lead to? So, you know, my mom, she, um, it was my father, actually. He was at the mosque. Okay. A lot of the guys were coming back from Afghanistan. And they were coming to the mosque. This was around 1989. There was a war between Russia and Afghanistan. Okay. And there was a holy war, jihad. 
So a lot can of you the explain. I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt, but uh, yeah. some of these terms. Can you? Exp- I've heard jihad before, but what does that mean? Well, basically, it's a holy war that's okay. going on, and when the Russians invaded Afghanistan, uh, Afghanistan is a is a large is, is a Muslim country. Okay. And so a lot of Muslims from all over mm-hmm. were going over there to fight in this holy wars. Okay. To help support their Muslim brothers. Mm-hmm. So when I was young, there were guys going to the masjid who were coming from Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And they were coming from this war experience. And if there were brothers that wanted to go and help support, they would go. Mm. I know my father wanted to do that. Mm. I know this was in his heart. But he had five kids. Mm-hmm. There was a guy... Um, who had a business in Saudi Arabia, and yeah. he was involved in Afghanistan and stuff. And he invited my father. This is from what I've heard. I was yeah, young. Yeah. Well, so uh, before we go there, how were these guys? Re- you said guys were coming from Afghanistan to right. the U.S., and it sounds like they were kind of recruiting. Right. How right. were they? Re- what was that process? I mean, well, I mean, I don't know the process in detail. Okay. I, I just remember guys coming into the mosque. Okay. And um. What I can say is is that this was a pretty big war back in those days, mm-hmm. and uh, Afghanistan had a lot of support mm-hmm. against the Russians. I mean, even our government supported yeah, Afghanistan yeah. against yeah, yeah. the Russians. Yeah. So this was a very uh, big conflict for Islam, and a lot of Muslims all over the world were supporting Afghanistan. So did, I guess, Muslims around the world kind of feel like that their way of life or their religion itself was being attacked? Yeah. I don't know what the war was about. You know but, what? From out, like I said, I don't know too too much because uh-huh. I was pretty young. Sure. But from looking back at it, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this was an assault on their way of life. Got it. On Islam, mm-hmm. on on a lot of those things, mm-hmm. and to help just to support, you know, their Muslim brothers mm-hmm. in their fight, mm-hmm. a lot of Muslims did go. Got it. Okay, I'm with you now. All right, you said uh, somebody had a business in Saudi Arabia and talked to your dad. Yeah, he had a business in Saudi Arabia, and he talked to my father, and he enticed him and says, hey, you can bring out your family to Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. and that way you can control this Christian wife of yours. <laughs> and uh, you come to Saudi Arabia in 1989, you know, as a woman, you have no rights. Mm. And uh, my mom prayed about this, and she prayed, and she felt God was leading her to go to Saudi Arabia, and uh, she, um, I don't think she was fully aware of what she was getting into. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, how could you, how could you be? Yeah, it was intense. So we were in church, our last day in church, it was Faith Church in Hartford, Connecticut. Mm -hmm. They had a farewell for us. Mm -hmm. Somebody made this big poster card. Um, like you do at school, those school projects. Sure. And they drew this picture of an airplane, and we were and it was an airplane flying from New York, JFK Airport, to Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And under that airplane were these big hands, like the hands of God, to guide us on our journey. Mm. And they gave us a Bible, um, the church did. And it was a big Bible, white Bible, and on the front had like a picture of Jesus on the, on the front of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, my mom, she uh, was a coal porter at that time, so she was selling Christian books. Oh, okay. She had a lot of different Christian books, mm-hmm. and she decided to bring all these Christian books to Saudi Arabia. Um, you can't do that. <laughs> so what do, you, what, do you, what do you mean? It's It sounds like a dumb question, but explain to me what it means when you say you can't do that. Because to, to me, I've only ever grown up in the U.S. I can have any book that I want. Right. I can say that anything that I want. Right. And 
you know, with uh, without really any fear of any kind of retro. But what, what do you mean you can't do that? In 1989, I mean, uh, you can't bring Christian literature into an Islamic country, mm -hmm. especially how my mother packed suitcase after suitcase with Christian literature. Mm -hmm. And she was wrapping up books under sweaters and mm -hmm. clothes. They would take that as you're trying to smuggle in Christianity. You're trying to convert. You're trying to work your religion in and pr uh, proselytize mm -hmm. their country. Mm -hmm. And bringing in all that literature is an offense that could be punishable by death. They don't play games. So my mom was bringing all this these books because we were moving over there. This wasn't a vacation. This wasn't a, a short trip. We were going to live there. So a family of five, you can mm -hmm. imagine how many suitcases we had as a, yeah. as, a, as a big trip. Yeah, yeah. And she loaded those suitcases with books. And something told her the day that she traveled, um, dress like a Muslim woman. Do you think she at that time she realized what she was walking into or no? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Okay. Well. I think my m mother was just naive mm -hmm. and just ignorantly. Mm -hmm. She did not understand. Mm -hmm. But she felt impressed to dress like a Muslim woman. Okay. And she never dressed like mm -hmm. one. She's a Jamaican lady. Mm -hmm. She's not going to yeah. cover up nothing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, But on the plane... She wears a hijab, mm -hmm. so she's covered up except her face. She's all in black. Okay. And we get to the airport. The first suitcase gets on the conveyor belt. This old school, 1989, a little conveyor belt comes. Mm -hmm. And one of the guards, he got like an AK-47 or something. They open the suitcase, and they pick out this big bundle of something, unwrap it, and there's Jesus staring at everybody in the airport on mm -hmm. that big Bible. Mm -hmm. He has this concerned look on his face, and he begins to call the rest of the security over. Now there's five, six guys with AK-47s, and they're looking mad, and they're looking at the Bible, and they're looking at us. How's your mom reacting at this? She is just calm and cool standing next to my dad. Really? Yeah. She's just chill. I mean, she has to be. Yeah. I mean, and these guys are looking at my father, and they're looking at the Bible, they're looking at my father, and they're looking at the Bible, and they're confused. They're speaking in Arabic. We don't know what they're doing. We, mm -hmm. we don't know what they're saying. Talking to your dad? They're, they're talking to each other. Okay, okay. And they've said a few words to my dad, mm -hmm. and they're talking to mm -hmm. each other. Then, finally, one of them just starts laughing. Like, ha, ha, ha. Everybody's good. Everybody's good. Go, 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 go. And they close the suitcase, and they let us go. We couldn't figure it out, except when they looked at us... They saw my father looks like a, a typical Muslim man. He got his big beard. Mm -hmm. They see my mom next to him. Mm -hmm. She looks like an obedient Muslim wife. She's dressed, you know. Yeah. And you got five little obedient Muslim kids. So they're looking at a Muslim family and they're looking at a Bible. And I guess they came to the conclusion we don't know why they have this Bible here, but they're Muslim. Mm -hmm. We'll let them go. But if they would have opened up suitcase number two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> We would have been busted. Because they were all full. <laughs> They're all full of Christian books. You know? So so man. you said it was punishable by death. That's what I heard. We, okay. My mom told me that and uh, uh, back in 1989. I went to Saudi Arabia again in 2007. Mm -hmm. A lot has changed from 2007 from 1989. Okay. Like what? The country is a lot more westernized 
that was back in 2007. Okay. So I can imagine now in 2022. Mm-hmm. For instance, when back in 1989, women are, are not allowed to drive. Okay. From what I've heard in recent news, they mm-hmm. were tr- starting to have women giving them the right to have licenses and be able to drive. Mm-hmm. 1989, absolutely not. Okay. Um, in 1989, you had, um, well, you had to cover up fully as a woman. Mm-hmm. In 2007, when I went back, some of the young uh, teenagers and young younger girls we're now taking off their headscarf and starting to show some of their hair. Mm. To them, that's big. It's, it's like yeah. you're walking around half naked over there. You're right, showing your right, hair. Right. You know? but, uh, Do you have any insight as to what's driving that westernization? I would say the internet. I would say media, television, entertainment. That's exactly what's happening. When I was there in 2007, this is before I was a Christian. Uh-huh. Now... I used to have my hair in corn rolls. I had my chain, my baggy jeans on. I was a big time Patriots fan. I had big baggy jersey <laughs> on, my thugged out swag. I was walking in the mall in Saudi Arabia. Uh-huh. And as I was walking in there, I used to rap and freestyle, and that was my thing make beats, music. Okay. I was walking in the mall, Saudi Arabia. And um, I'm not going to tell you how I got into the country. I wasn't supposed to be there at this time, but I was there. Okay. And uh, I walked in the mall and I stopped. Because outside the mall, I saw these guys, they were dressed kind of like me. and But I was listening to them, and I was like, they're Arabic, right? Uh-huh. They're speaking Arabic. Yeah, yeah. But the way they were talking to each other, laughing, just the very spirit, their swag, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I was like, if I wasn't in Saudi Arabia, I would think that those guys are from any street corner in the United States. Mm-hmm. Maybe New York or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. My stepmom came to me, and she tapped me on the shoulder, and she said, uh, Tarek, um, we got MTV out here too. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it hit me because I said, wow, these guys are watching MTV. Now they're thugged out, Uh you know? I go in the mall, they got McDonald's, they got KFC, they got like some Taco Bell. And I'm like, whoa, this is like, it's different from 1989. Mm -hmm. And like I said, the young ladies were now taking the headscarves off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Showing some some hair, hair. you know? You know, so... And now, that was 2007, so um, internet, mm-hmm. social media, entertainment, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of our movies mm-hmm. are over there. And it's really not just Saudi Arabia, but the whole world is kind of coming together because of that. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. All right, yeah. so let's, uh, you know, that's 2007. Let's rewind to 1989. Yeah. Got off the plane. You made yeah. it through security. Yeah. You know, luckily, your your mom decided to wear the, yeah. you know, the, the, the Muslim outfit. Yeah, yeah, the outfit. Yeah. What 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 goes from what happens from there? We go to Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. and we're living in a place called um, Damam. Um, so actually, I'm trying to recall. There's a place named Jeddah and Damam and Riyadh, and I think the first place we were in was Damam. Mm-hmm. And while we were there, uh, my father quickly had his job with his connect that he mm-hmm. met in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And he's working there. And my mother is in an apartment in Saudi Arabia with all five of her kids. Mm-hmm. She has no rights. Okay. She can't leave the house unless mm-hmm. her husband is there. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you got to cover up. Mm-hmm. Typical scene to see a guy and a bunch of kids and a couple wives walking behind him. Mm-hmm. You know, the man is, he rules. Mm-hmm. He's the chief there. Mm-hmm. My mom couldn't even write a letter to her loved ones, couldn't receive a letter, couldn't make a phone call, couldn't receive a phone call. Really? 
didn't speak Arabic, Arabic television, and when it's prayer time, they'll turn off the TV for you because mm-hmm. it's prayer time. Mm-hmm. And you hear the adhan, that's the call to prayer, okay. on speakers everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. You could be shopping in the mall. Yeah. They will close the mall. They got a gate, close the store. It's time for prayer. Mm-hmm. So the whole country is like that. Mm-hmm. And so the only thing that my mom had in Saudi was when we were home, she would open out one of those books mm-hmm. that she brought, mm-hmm. and she would have worship with us mm-hmm. and teach us about God. And that was her time, and that's yeah. all she had. Yeah, so how's yeah. she handling all this? I mean, you know, then this, this is her time. This is she pulls out one of her books. This is what she gets. How is she handling all of this? That's, yeah. a, that's a vastly different lifestyle than... Absolutely. It was very challenging for her, mm-hmm. you know, but she was so she was so motivated for Christ. Mm. She loved to teach us about God, mm-hmm. and she told me and my brother. She said, "You know what? We're in Saudi Arabia, but you guys are undercover agents for God here." Mm. And I don't know if you're familiar with any stories of the Bible. There's a story in the Bible about the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were in the fiery furnace, mm-hmm. and I was Shadrach, my brother was Meshach, the other one was Abednego, <laughs> and we were undercover agents for God. Yeah, yeah. I'm eight years old. Mm-hmm. I took that seriously. Yeah, yeah. I, I was on a mission. Yeah. Well, I remember when I was eight and we'd play baseball in the backyard, and it's like, <laughs> I get to be Mike Piazza, and I'm, you know, King Griffey Jr. <laughs> right, and right, right, right. Yeah, you got a little different story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man, don't get me wrong. I still love my Transformers <laughs> and He-Man and all that stuff, and but... You know, being in Saudi Arabia, we we're a far way, long way from home. Mm-hmm. Environment was different. Yeah, it was. You know, desert. We're in a desert. Yeah. So you you said when you were still in the states, I asked about you know having one foot kind of in two worlds, and you said you you were a little too young to realize what was going on. Did you start to realize it at this point? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and what was that like from your perspective? Did you, did you like that? Did you? Uh, you know, did you feel like you were doing something wrong with your mom every day? Did, you know, what was that like for you? You know what? Um, we knew we were in a different place physically mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia. But I think spiritually, we also went to a different place. There was a bond that we had with our mother that was deep in Saudi. Mm. And just that time in worship and prayer um, is a time even I'm 41. I never forget those times. Mm. It's it's been a part of who I am to this day. Did it feel like it was you and your mom versus the world? Kind of. It did kind of feel like that. Yeah. And it felt like not just me and my mom, but it felt like God was with us mm. against the world. Mm-hmm. And it was really a time that I look back knowing that that was really kind of what cemented who I am today. Mm. Those times. Because one thing I I figured out is that my father tried to control this Christian wife of his by bringing her to that Muslim country, mm-hmm. but it kind of it backfired on him mm-hmm. because you can't put God in a box. And what really happened was is that he lost control of the situation, mm. and he even acknowledges that later on in life. He tells me he says, "You know what? I realized that I was fighting against God." He says he was fighting against God. Right, right, right. And right. is your is your uh, father still a Muslim? He is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's a very devout Muslim. So does he... I guess when 
when Muslims talk about Allah and we talk about, or Christians talk about God, are they talking about the same force? Some people think Uh, it that way. Some people do, because they will say Allah is just an Arabic name for God. Mm -hmm. What do you think? No, I don't think they're, they're the same. Okay. No. Can you explain that? Well, because where do you find out about Allah? You find out about him in the Quran. Okay. That's what tells you about Allah and who he is. Mm-hmm. And the same book denounces Christ. And Allah's, um, his personality, his character mm-hmm. is different from the God of the Bible. You see, the God of the Bible gave himself mm-hmm. that we can have everlasting life. Okay. But in the Quran, there's no such concept. God becoming a man, God humbling himself, you know, to die the death on the cross. Mm-hmm. There's no such concept. In fact, in Islam, they would say that Jesus um, was not on the cross, that Allah actually put a fake guy up there, an imposter. Um, so the crucifixion did happen, quote unquote. But it wasn't really Jesus up there. It was an imposter. And Allah, at the last second, took Jesus away and put some fake guy up there. So Allah, in my estimation, cannot be the same as God the Father. Because the Bible says God so loved the world Mm. that he gave Mm -hmm. his only begotten son. Mm -hmm. So Allah is not the same as God the Father in the Bible because Mm -hmm. he didn't give his only begotten son. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. This is fascinating. To me. It's it's too different. A lot of people say it's the same God. It's mm-hmm. just a, but to a me, different word. It's it's just a different but word for, for the you, same. It's not. it's not. It's not because that different word describes a different being altogether. Different story. Different character. Different motives. Mm-hmm. He's he's different. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 So uh, this time you're living in Saudi Arabia, and it, it sounds like you know things are really strict. What is there anything that you um, you learn in Saudi Arabia that you loved about Saudi Arabia that you loved about the culture or, or um, you know, really? I, I know the the time with your mom that you said that's really impressionable on you, but I, I'm digging deeper into the culture of, of Saudi. Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything that you really loved about it? You know, um, I'll say it like this. I've lived in Cal. I just came back from California mm-hmm. um, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. or maybe last week or something like that. And, and when I was there in the LA area, mm-hmm. compared to living here in Iowa, mm-hmm. it's different. Yeah, yeah. The culture, yeah. The people, oh yeah. The traffic, oh yeah. I'm well aware. It's totally yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. And especially for me having a family now, mm-hmm. and a lot of the way the world is going right now. Um, I I much I really appreciate more of a slow paced life, okay, um, especially for my kids in that environment, mm-hmm. and that's one thing I do appreciate about Saudi Arabia when I was there. I would say it's very much on the extreme side when I was there. Mm-hmm. However, um, how they value families mm. and influence and environment mm-hmm. for children, yeah, and um, how society is kind of governed as a whole. I feel like. Our society over here, as far as morality goes, mm. we're going we're going definitely speeding down the wrong direction. Okay. Yeah, and it's it's becoming very toxic, and for me, it's even more noticeable after I've lived in the Midwest for a significant mm-hmm. amount of time now. Right. When I go to Florida, 
and I go to California or New York, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we visited. I'm ready to go back home. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. So something you said there made me think. Um, you've talked about living in Saudi Arabia and the, the father's the king. And, right, you know, right. he's the ruler. You know, he, he uh, everything runs through him. Uh, which sounds like that's kind of a uh, a negative view, and you know maybe it is. I've never lived in that type of situation. Is there a positive side of it to where, because you talked about their importance of family, yes. that the father is really involved in kids' lives, right? Where um, I don't know the statistics, but you know in the U.S. we're seeing more right. and more divorce. We're seeing more and more you know fathers not being involved and stuff like that. Thankfully, I didn't grow up. You know, my dad was always always around. That's good. Um, is there is there that positive aspect of that culture there, I guess? I would say... I, does that question make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah, yes, yeah. it does. And I think it definitely yes. Okay. Short answer, yes. Yeah. Um, how they do it, though, um, I wouldn't r- agree with it, mm-hmm. per se, how they treat women. Um, I think... Meaning the changed. dictatorship Absolutely. style. Absolutely. Yeah. More, more, you know, the women are... Um, they don't have rights and freedoms. Mm-hmm. Or didn't. Uh, it sounds like they're. it's transitioning. It's transitioning mm-hmm. slowly. I mean, I, when I was there in 2007, I'll give you an example. My sister, she was about 14, 13 years old, mm-hmm. maybe even 12. My brother was younger than her. He was eight years old. Okay. My half-brother. And I'm talking about my half-brother because my, you know. Okay. My half-sister and half-brother because my father remarried and he had a family in Saudi Arabia. Okay. So I went back there to visit them, mm-hmm. and I'm in the house. Um, this is when I was all thugged out going to the mall. <laughs> but I went to their house, and me and my brother, my little brother, he's like, come on, Derek, you're my big brother. Let's play with me, and I'm fighting him, you know, wrestling with him. Mm-hmm. And we're walking out the house, kicking the soccer ball, and we go out to the street. Mm-hmm. But then my sister's still in the house, and in the house, it's not just like a front yard like how we have, and it's just okay. open. You got walls. It's like a little compound. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as long as my sister, who's like 13, she's just like a 13-year-old little girl, right? Mm-hmm. But she can't leave the compound unless she covers up. Mm. So immediately, me and my brother, it's no big deal. We're just kicking the ball in the street. Mm-hmm. But for her, it's like, I'm like, Amira, you going to come? She's like, no, I can't go out there. Mm. And immediately just hit me. I got angry. Mm. Because I'm like, man, she's just a young little girl. Why can't she go out to the street? Play, you know, yeah. Those are the things that, you know... We take for granted over here. Mm-hmm. You don't even think about that. Yeah. But um, for me, because my sister, I got upset. Having said that, though, you know, it's on the extreme end over there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is great value in family and fathers mm-hmm. and mothers. And yes, in my estimation, they're very overprotective about that, too much so. But there's a principle there that still needs to be protected. And that is very much diminished in our country. Mm-hmm. Families are under assault. Uh, the role of a father mm-hmm. and the role of a mother, the lines are blurred. And the importance of a father figure, and me, that didn't have it. Mm. Oh, I understand it now, and I want to be there for my son. Mm-hmm. And I see how he looks at me, and I want to be there, a good example for him. Mm-hmm. And so... I love to teach what I know from my personal experience and what I'm learning about families and the role of a father mm-hmm. as a priest, mm-hmm. as a provider, as a protector. Mm-hmm. And spiritually, I'll give him the prophet role to give God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, very important. 
You you said overprotective. Is there is the uh, is the women's dress the outfit is that a is that a protection? You know, uh, I, I guess uh, what I'm getting at is what's the you know there's got to be a reason behind this stuff, right? I mean, right, right. There's well, gotta be some sort of principles or something. Absolutely. So it's like I said, I agree with the principle, underlying principle there, as, which as, is which is modesty. Okay. Got modesty it. and. Um, in their estimation, when they look at us mm -hmm. and Western society, they will say, "Okay, you're a Christian society, mm -hmm. but yet, you know, your women are like half naked. Mm -hmm. You guys got all kind of like LGBT things going on. Mm -hmm. You got all this stuff going on, but yet you're a Christian nation." Mm -hmm. And so, um, me personally, the Bible teaches modesty. Mm -hmm. Islam teaches modesty as well. Sure, and. Um, not saying you got to cover up your whole, you know, mm -hmm. just showing your face, mm -hmm. but modesty and looking decent, mm -hmm. um, I think it's very much appropriate. And I, I think it's very much needed in our society. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially for the kids growing up. I mean, um, it says a lot. I don't think people understand the significance of dress, mm. you know? When you uh, I look at your teachers, mm -hmm. teachers look professional, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and um, a dress says a lot about somebody mm -hmm. um, and how you carry yourself before you even speak. You're communicating, sure. And so um, uh, that principle there goes a long way. Mm. Yeah, and I've always said this too as well. Even even as a guy who was out in the on the street, and you know, I, I would you know try to get at a lot of women, and um, even in the back of my head in those days, when I would see a woman that was covered up and that was modest and that valued herself, mm -hmm. in my mind, that woman was always more attractive. Mm. There was something mysterious about her. Because she valued herself, mm -hmm. it made me want to know who she is even more. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. And I think that, that is, that's another thing, you know, that women probably don't even really pay attention to, but it's... It's powerful. Sure. Well, that's uh, I learned a lot in that that uh, tangent we took there. But let's circle back to right. the story. It sounds like uh, at the time, mom was teaching you during the day. You know, dad. I don't know if he knows that's going on or not during the day. But you're you're going to mosque. What you said? This battle's getting. You know, this divide's getting wider. What happens from there? Well, you know, excuse me. My father's going to work at this time. My mom is with the kids at home. We're not mm -hmm. going to school or anything at this time. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's doing worships with us, teaching us more about God. And uh, my father, one time, uh, as she was doing that, my brothers and I would always look out the window and to see if our father was coming home. And when he would come home, we would pack up all the books, mm -hmm. hide them under pots, pans, beds, whatever, throw the football and act like we weren't doing anything. Mm -hmm. This went on for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And um, so, but one time my father didn't come the way, the front way, the normal way. Mm -hmm. He came from the back. Mm -hmm. And so we were in the middle of worship. You think he did that on purpose? Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I can never forget this. It's one of those memories I never forget because I was terrified. Mm -hmm. We were in the middle of worship, singing, reading, he bust in through that door like he knew what was going on. Mm. And you could just feel the darkness come into the room. We're all screaming. My mom locks herself in the bathroom, and 
where each kid is on an arm and a leg, just screaming at him, "No, don't hit our mom! Mm. Don't hit our mm. mom!" Because things got pretty abusive at this point. Mm. And um, my mom locks herself in the bathroom, and um, he storms out with all her books, and he takes us with him to his work. Mm-hmm. And as the weeks went on, he starts to t- he took all her books. And he took all kids, all five kids with him to the job. And we're sitting out there like in the foyer mm-hmm. doing nothing for yeah. hours mm-hmm. while he's working in his office. Sure. And now my mom is by herself. She can't go out anywhere. She can't write a letter, can't receive a letter, can't make a phone call, nothing. She's just isolated. And it's a very, very challenging experience for her at this time. Yeah. But after like maybe three or four weeks of this... um. We came home one day, and uh, my father dropped us off, and we told our mother, we said, hey, mom, you wouldn't believe what we just saw. She said, what? We just saw all your books. And she said, my books? No way. Your your father would have thrown those things in the trash. Mm -hmm. We said, no. He brought them to the job, and all the men are reading them at the job. And she was blown away because... She was like, thank you, God, because God, you brought those books to a place where a woman couldn't go. Now, all those Islamic <laughs> men at the job were reading Christian books. <laughs> so they were reading all these Christian books that she packed. Uh-huh. Some of them they threw in the trash. Yeah, They were like, God doesn't live in a sanctuary, a tent, because that's in the Mo- books of Moses. Okay. They throw it in the trash. But most of them ended up coming back to my mom's house. My dad didn't have nothing to do. He he ended up getting a softer heart. He brought him back. And uh, from there, um, he came up with another plan mm-hmm. to do something different with with us. What's that? I don't know. My mouth is just so yeah, dry. Yeah, right take now. a drink, man. This is fascinating. I I love hearing the, the dichotomy. I'm learning a lot about, like I said, I didn't have any background in any mm. so, sort of Islam. So I'm able to yeah. learn a lot through this. Yeah, yeah. So, you know... My father came up with this plan. Him and his, my grandfather, they came up with this plan, his family, that side of the family. We had a worship, and it was a worship about Joseph, the story of Joseph in the Bible, young boy who was taken from his mom and dad, taken to a foreign country Mm -hmm. by himself. Mm -hmm. That was our last worship that we had. Mm -hmm. We didn't know that was going to be our last. My father came after work, and he said, come on, boys. Grab your jackets. Let's go outside. Mm. Jackets. It's like 100 degrees outside. Why why do we need jackets? Mm -hmm. And my mom was just looking at us, and she said, something's not right. Mm -hmm. And she said, guys, something's not right. And we said, mom, don't worry. We'll see you back in a minute. She said that to you. She said that to us. And we said, don't worry, mom. We'll see you in a minute. Mm -hmm. Door closed. And our mom wouldn't see us again for at least seven months. Whoa. And she wouldn't know where we were. Did the sister, you had one sister? Two. Two, did they stay? They stayed with my mom. Okay. So it was me and my twin brother Mm -hmm. and my older brother, Mm -hmm. three of us. He went down to the market, bought some suitcases, and packed up our luggage and had tickets, and we were going to go on a plane to India because he came up with this plan with his dad and the family to have the boys go to an Islamic boarding school Mm. to learn Islam. Mm -hmm. And educate us there in India. Mm -hmm. And while my mother stayed in Saudi with our sisters, 
This went on for seven months. And my mom didn't know where we were. And so they had the imams. Those guys are equivalent to pastors in the church. Okay. The leaders of the masjid are called imams. Mm -hmm. They would um, knock on my mom's door and they would say, uh, you convert to Islam and then you get to have your boys back. So this went on for months. Wow. Yes. What's she saying to that? She, sa she said no. Ultimately, no. Right. Wow. Right, yeah. I'm a father. My son is eight years old. He's the, he's the age that I was when I left my mom. Yeah. And I asked myself, if somebody was saying that to me, I would be like... I'll say whatever you want to say to give him back. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. Right? It's difficult. Yeah. Um. It's one of those moments where you really got to trust God. Do you believe in what you believe in or not? Mm. You know, the Bible says, Christ says, you know, you got to be willing to deny yourself, forsake mother, father, brother, sister, son, daughter, anybody. And if you don't love me first, that's what Christ says, then you're not worthy of being my disciple. And her faith was ultimately put on the line then because she had to choose between her boys for seven months and Jesus. Mm -hmm. She chose Jesus, and she chose the right, she made the right decision because there was no way that she was going to get us back. It had to take God to bring us back. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So, okay, so that's what your mom's dealing with for right. seven months? Yeah. What are you guys doing? Great question. My father dropped us off in India mm -hmm. 